Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Hey, before we get going, let's give a quick shout out to our partners here at Auburn Live and the Auburn Live show. First of all, Southeastern, great bar in downtown Auburn, fantastic two-story building, beautiful place, great lounge upstairs, tons of TVs, outdoor seating area, some finger foods and stuff like that as well. Awesome location, downtown Auburn. Go visit Southeastern. Great game day experience, uh, weekend experience. Um, just go check them out, Southeastern, on Magnolia. Other partner, the Irritable Bow Restaurant, also on Magnolia, on the other side uh, of the street in downtown downtown Auburn, down, down Magnolia. Go check them out. Really good Chinese bow uh, food, uh, sh- shrimp shrimp rolls and, and steak, steak and, and, and chicken uh, skewers and um, rice bowls and just a bunch of, bunch of good stuff, man. If you've never had... Chinese bow. It's really, really good. Shout out to our friend Whitley Dykes. Um, they get you in and out really quickly. So if you ever see a line, don't worry. It moves quickly. Go check out the Irritable Bow restaurant downtown Auburn and uh, tell them Auburn Live sent you. All right, let's go. Hey, welcome into another Auburn Live show. Appreciate everybody for joining us. I am Justin Hokinson uh, from AuburnLive.com, part of the On 3 Sports Network. Um, you know what we're all about. It is Tuesday morning. Um, a few days after Auburn lost to uh, Penn State, we're getting ready for Georgia State this weekend. Um, hope everybody's having a good Tuesday morning um, as we uh, move along in this football season. Um, Tuesday's normally a solo day, and so what I like to try to do is kind of go over what Brian Harson said in his press conference on Monday, talk about the game, and try to take a few questions if I can. And so that's what we'll kind of do today. Uh, we'll kind of get into it a little bit. I'll, I'll get into a little bit of what Brian Harson said. And, um, if you ever want to ask questions for the, the solo session that we normally put out on Tuesdays, I'll normally post something on Mondays um, on The Corner, which is at auburnlive.com, and you can just put your questions in there, and then I'll try to get to them on this podcast. So just a reminder. Um, Auburn 28-20 losers against um, Penn State. Hey, if you didn't listen to the Monday Morning Quarterback Edition with former Auburn quarterback Ben Leard, go do that. We do that every Monday morning. Um, and so it's just it's just Ben and I talking about the game, and um, obviously Ben's you know Ben was actually there, so he has some good perspective. So go back check that out. Monday morning quarterback every Monday morning with Ben Leard. Um, all right, let's get into this a little bit. Mondays with Brian Harson, as always, we we always have a big write up called Mondays with Brian Harson. It's on AuburnLive.com. If you missed it, go check it out. I, I try to give you everything he talked about from Monday. I don't really like to. Uh, leave things out and, and spread it out. You know, a lot of a lot of guys will they'll keep stuff and they'll try to write throughout the week so they have content throughout the week. I, I want you to have as much as you can have as soon as they say it. So if you go look on, on AuburnLive.com, you've got Mondays with Brian Harson and it's all the important stuff he had. You know, he talked about. It's a full rundown. Um, and so we're going to go through some of that today um, and talk a little bit about that. Um, Auburn Penn State game, man. Just kind of my, my feelings. You know, I talked with Ben a little bit. Um, the other day, but I mean, look, it was a really good game. First of all, um, I, I thought, look, the game kind of played out how I thought it would. I think anybody who's listened to this podcast and is on auburnlive.com knows kind of how I, what my feelings were going into the game. And I thought Auburn was good enough to win. Um, but I thought there was a lot of circumstances going against Auburn to try to win this game. And that's kind of how it played out. You know, I don't think the crowd was a big factor. I mean, you're just playing on the road. To me, it just to me playing on the road it gives the other team added confidence, and sometimes it can affect your confidence. I didn't think it affected. I didn't really see anything that affected Auburn that negatively. Maybe the Kobe Hudson fumble. Maybe that's a, a play that you don't make at home, where you know you just get a little excited and and you're playing on the road and you lose grip of that football. Maybe that's a play that that isn't 
that doesn't happen in, in Jordan Hare. But, I mean, other than that, I thought Auburn played fine. Um, you know, I think Penn State made some plays. I think I come out of that game, you know, I don't know. I think I come out of that game pretty encouraged about who Auburn is and what kind of team they can be. Unfortunately, the SEC West is is just brutal this year. It's it's as good as it's been in a long time because you have Arkansas and Ole Miss. That um, Arkansas's got a really good defense, and uh, Ole Miss has got a fantastic offense. So those teams now all of a sudden are good enough uh, to compete, um, and they haven't been in a while. And of course, Alabama is. And then you know, yeah, LSU's down a little bit, but A and M's a little bit up. So I mean, that's kind of a trade off there. So the West is um, is killer, man. Even Mississippi State beat NC State the other day. I mean, they're not terrible. So um, and Memphis is a good team. Mississippi State almost you know played a close game with them. So the, the West is just crazy hard. So I, I come out of that game thinking you know Auburn uh, showed me some really good things and is a tough team. But when you look at the West, I mean, look, Auburn's going to be an underdog in probably six more games. I mean, it's very possible at Arkansas, Georgia. Alabama at LSU, Texas A&M. They're an underdog in all those games. And Ole Miss at home, probably. You know, we'll see how it plays out. But, I mean, um, that's, you know, Auburn's got a tough road to hoe. You know, we, that's why we talked about the season. Eight, eight, an 8-4 eight and four season would be, would be really good. And now even more so. Because I think Ole Miss and Arkansas are probably a tad better so far than we thought. So, um. You know, so I think when you try to judge how Auburn came out of this football game, um, look, they, they, they look good. Like I, like I said, I think it's a, a really good rushing attack from them. I think my big concern um, is is that defense. There's some things that we saw on defense in that game that um, I'm not sure they're easily fixable, and that mainly centers around pressure. I mean, to fix that, you're going to have to blitz. You know, it's not like you can do a schema. Those four, I mean, to fix that, you're going to have to start bringing a little bit pr- more pressure, which is a, um, you know, that's a philosophy change for what he, maybe Derek Mason was planning to do. He, you know, they're going to have to adjust. Um, and so then that's going to put more pressure on the secondary. So I think that's probably the lack of pass rush against a quality opponent in Penn State. That's probably the most alarming thing I saw. Um, I think other things I saw could be fixed and can be figured out. That one... You're not getting any more players in. So that's a schematic shift that you're going to have to make on how you get pressure um, on the quarterback. So that's probably my most worrisome thing because, okay, now we're going to bring pressure. Well, that affects now what we're playing in the back end and so on. So um, that's probably my my biggest concern followed by wideouts, which is which is something I've talked openly about. You know, I, I, I had not seen um, the playmakers at wideout, and, and, and I said that going into the Penn State game, and, and I think that showed true. Um, that, that we still don't know who you have as a big-time playmaker. Um, so Auburn stays, by the way. They stayed 23rd in both polls. I said stayed. They dropped. They were 20 in a poll, I think maybe in 22. Either way, they're 23rd in both polls. Penn State's up to like six in one poll, which is always funny. Look, if you're an Auburn fan, don't worry about polls right now. Forget polls. They're meaningless for Auburn. They're meaningless. Auburn's schedule uh, and what Auburn's trying to do this year, polls are meaningless. It just doesn't matter. Um, Auburn's schedule is so crazy hard that, let's just say, dream scenario, Auburn goes on a winning streak, the polls will take care of themselves, I promise you. Um, and if they don't, just it's just not going to matter. Like, Auburn's schedule is so hard that um, polls are kind of irrelevant, really. Um, <clears throat> but I think um, it's always interesting that you see Penn State move up. So, you, well, you, you know, you're looking at Penn State. They're, they're sixth in the country. So we now think Penn State's the number six team in the country. But Auburn, you know, is still in the top 25, but Auburn dropped a couple spots. So you're thinking, man, so like if the game was played now, you're thinking that 23rd ranked team just went on the road against number six, lost 28-20, and they dropped a couple. But anyway, it's always funny to sort of look at that. All right, let's get into what Brian Harson talked about on Monday. And I'll just say, for people that don't get a chance to to listen to these press conferences, um, Brian Harson, the more I listen to him – the more I like him. Um, he, he's nothing razzle-dazzle. It's nothing awe-inspiring necessarily to listen to. He's pretty dry. He's pretty business-like. He's pretty straightforward um, You know, in, in his approach. So it's not like riveting stuff. 
you know, sometimes we don't even we don't even post it on the website because it's. I mean, like on Monday, he posted he talked for almost forty minutes, and nobody's going to watch that. And if you listen to how he talks, he can really ramble. Um, and so it's it's not necessarily the most riveting thing you're going to hear. Uh, it's certainly different from the Gus Malzahn days. Gus Malzahn, you'd get pretty vague answers, coach speak. Um, and he would just move on to the next, you know, you just wouldn't get a lot. You wouldn't really get a lot of insight. I think with Brian Harson, you get a ton of insight. He really will dive into the question and, and he'll start, he'll take a question about a player and he'll turn it in. And three minutes later, it's, it's a question about it's his answers talking about philosophy, um, and big picture stuff. So he's definitely that guy. He's a big picture mindset, culture, uh, type guy. Everything with him goes back to the bigger picture. Uh, he can take a question about how did this one person play, and he'll turn that into a question about the team's overall mindset. Or, you know, like he was on Monday, he was asked about Kobe Hudson bouncing back from that fumble because Kobe Hudson had a catch on that last drive and had a pretty good game, Kobe Hudson did. And <clears throat> but, but, but Harson talked about basically barely talked about Hudson. Hey, yeah, it was good to see him bounce back. But then he turned that into like three minutes of what it means as a team to bounce back and face adversity. And I mean, it was just, so that's who Brian Harson is. <clears throat> and the more I listen to him, the more you have to like what he's saying. And you almost have to go back and read. You almost have to go back. And if you're on Auburn Live, I try to give you a lot of quotes. I try not to take a lot out. I try to give you chunks of quotes because I want you to read his whole thought because he'll kind of, you know, he'll kind of take a minute to get there. But the more I listen to him, the more impressive he is in his philosophy and in and, and the you know what he's trying to get across to these players and how he's trying to build the program. Um, and I have no idea what the future holds for him and Auburn. I've given up trying to sit here and predict what a coach is going to do. There's too many other variables and factors that could play into that. Some of it's pure luck. Um, but the more I listen to Brian Harson, there's that he he absolutely has the right mindset and the right philosophy to win a championship. There's no question in my mind about that. His approach and what he's looking for and how he views um, the game and how he views events and, and things that happen on Saturday or things that happen, the way he views the, all this, uh, I think is set up to win a, to win a championship. I mean, his perspective is on point. Um, he's not too high, not too low. Everything with him, he he understands the details and how important they are to the big picture, and so I just think that he's focused on the right stuff as a as a head coach and um, and not caught up in a lot of the other stuff. And so I, I like him from that standpoint. Um, but we talked to him on Monday about the uh, you know about the uh, the Penn State game and. Um, it look, it's very clear. There's no moral victories with with Brian Harson. I mean, he said it on Saturday night. We didn't we didn't come here to play. We came here to win. Um, and he talked about that a little bit more on Monday, talking about how um, everybody's disappointed and they should be. This loss should. He actually, he means, he's very verbal. I want this loss to sting with the players. He's like, I want it to hurt. I want it to hurt. It's the same thing as if you're a little kid and, and you get hurt. Well, if you get hurt and fall off your bike, or if you do something that hurts, you're not going to do it again. That's how you learn. And it's very much the approach he takes with this loss and, and doing things the wrong way. He's like, I hope it hurts. I hope it stings because the goal is for you not to do it again. Um, and so he, he talked a lot, a, bit, a lot about that, um, about learning from mistakes and making sure that, you're, that, you're, that you can go out there and not make those same mistakes twice. Now, we know that they will. We know mistakes are going to be made. But there's big stuff. There's, there's, there's bigger, bigger type mistakes that were probably made in that game that, um, that they hopefully can learn from and not make. Um, and not make again. So I think I think when you I think when you look at um, the way his the way his approach is, I think it's on point. Um, and he talks about the program a lot. And he talks about these me- this messaging and, and how it affects the program. I mean, he wants to. I mean, he's 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 kind of messaging things right now a little bit how Saban will sometimes. And he, and he's not speaking to the media. He's actually speaking to you or his players. Um, and so I think early on, as Brian Harson tries to build his program, I think he's trying to do that. He talked. He talked about the program on Saturday night. He talked about the program on Monday, saying that's where our mindset needs to be as a program. Um, and so I think uh, I think it's smart. I think it's I think it's smart for him to uh, to continue to do that. Um, 
here's a quote that I thought really stood out. He starts the press conference. The Auburn's been giving players of the game away. Um, he starts the press conference off and says, well, we don't have any players of the game. Uh, we don't do that when there's a loss. Just straightforward, um, which was very, very popular on, on Twitter. When I put that out, I'm sure it's uh, very popular on the boards as well. Um, just saying, hey, we're not, we're not going to sit here and pick people out and give them honors when we lost the game as a team. I mean, sure, guys, some guys played well, but we're not going to honor people individually when the team lost the game. We're just not going to do it. You want to be honored individually? Win the game. Um, and so it's a way to connect those connect those things, those individual awards to team accomplishments. Um, but he was asked, you know, he talked about the Auburn football program, and he said it, it takes what it takes, meaning, you know, whatever, it, basically whatever it's going to take to win, to, to focus during practice, to, to, to do your job, it's going to take what it's going to take, and that needs to, you know, and you're going to have to do your job. He said that's a reminder for this program right now, regardless of how the day is going, we lock in. And we get in those meeting rooms like there's a certain way of doing it. We practice like there's a certain way of doing it. He said, he said, you take what you learned and you apply it. And you do it in a fashion where it's not about doing more on game day. He's basically, his message is, do the work in the week. Do the work in the week. Fix the mistakes in the week so when you get to game day, there's no time on game day, he's saying, to fix these issues. There's no time. Game day, you should have fun. You know, as Tommy Tuberville used to say, the hay's in the barn. At some point, the work's done in the practice, and you just got to go have fun on Saturday. So he's big on messaging, on getting that work done um, that week and not relying on trying to figure anything out on Saturday because it's just not going to happen. Um, but I'm really impressed with with Brian Harson and his approach to building building the program so far. I definitely think that's on that's on point. You've got a guy who's who's extremely focused and is not caught up in a lot of the other stuff. Uh, so that's good. Um, he talked about Owen Papo. Just a quick update there. Uh, he, he said Papo is doing doing good. Um, he came out of the game, but 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 you know if if you could see Owen was on the sideline, he looked fine. So probably nothing serious with Owen Papo. Whether he plays or not this week, I'm not sure. But nothing serious. It doesn't look like. Uh, Zacoby McLean will miss the first half against Georgia State for targeting. Sean Shivers probably could come back this week. We'll see if he gets back on the practice field on on Tuesday. Um, Jalen Simpson, still not sure. Had a growing injury, so we're not, not sure where he's at. It's just a lingering thing. To me, man, they need him back. He's a good player, and it's getting to the point where if he can come back in George State, he needs some action because they're going to need him in the SEC. He's a good coverage guy. Um, all right, talking about coverage, let's talk about Auburn's pass defense a little bit. They're allowing 78% of their passes to be completed, which is insane. That's insane. Um, considering you've played Alabama State and Akron, you know, because we all ignored that. I mean, Alabama State and Akron actually completed a high percentage of their throws. We just ignored it because they were complete beatdowns, and you know they didn't they didn't result in any real big plays. So it didn't matter if they went twenty two of twenty eight or something. It it was all short stuff, and it so it just didn't matter. Well, it mattered on Saturday night when Sean Clifford went twenty eight for 88 percent. So all of a sudden, you've got an alarming problem. You've got an alarming stat right there. It's 78% of your passes, which is about dead last in college football. Um, against Penn State, Auburn broke up zero passes. They deflected zero passes. They intercepted zero passes. They had zero sacks. They had one quarterback hurry. And that was even really kind of not really because that was the McC- when McLean blitzed late and, and Clifford threw that pick. I mean, it wasn't really a true quarterback hurry. So they got a problem. They got a problem. They got to figure out there that pass defense. They got to figure some things out. Here's what Brian Harson had to say about it. We've got to come up and challenge. That's too high a completion percentage against this defense. There's things that we have to do as far as putting ourselves in better better positions. That's an area we know we have to improve on. Uh, we have to plaster, meaning just latching onto your guys at even to back, recover and stay in coverage longer, and then make plays. So he definitely is putting a little bit on the on the secondary in terms of covering their guys uh, longer. Um, but he also talked about the pass rush. He said we have to be able to get the plat- get the quarterback off his platform. Um, we have to evolve and be better on the defensive side of the ball um, and, and, and rush, the, uh, rush the quarterback. So, I mean, it's a big concern. Um, it's a big concern. He, he said we have to get those numbers down. We haven't executed the way we could and should. Um, in that pass defense. So Auburn's got some things to figure out. Like I said, I think that's the biggest concern at the moment. Not because you've got, look, you've got Roger McCreary and Nehemiah Pritchard who are good corners. I I thought they played fine. It wasn't them that let Auburn's defense down. Um, It was was honestly everything in the middle. 
I mean, the, all the big plays happened in the middle of the field. The tight ends accounted for 130 yards receiving. Um, and so um, th- that was a huge part of the problem. Johan Dodson got, you know, J- I mean, Jahan Dodson got um, uh, loose a couple times. Um, and, and, but, but nothing crazy. He had a couple of decent plays, but he didn't get over the top. Um, and so they did a pretty good job on him in number three. Um, but the tight ends, look, we talked to TD Moultrie, which we're doing an exclusive series with TD Moultrie on AuburnLive.com. We talked to TD, and he said the tight ends surprised him. He, I don't think they completely had a good game plan about the tight ends. They were focused on number five and number three for Penn State. And the tight ends killed them. And what's frustrating is when you go back and look, here, here's maybe the good thing. While I think Auburn's going to have to figure out some things schematically to get better pass rush, if you go back and look, some of those plays that Penn State hit were busted coverages. So they're easy fixes. One was Smoke Monday, just, you know, Smoke Monday's lined up over the tight end. The tight end and the receiver are lined up basically stacked. And you got McCreary and Smoke Monday out there. The receiver breaks outside, McCreary stays with him, and Monday goes with him too while the tight end breaks towards the inside wide open, and then Monday immediately realizes he messed up, turns around and tries to chase after the tight end, and huge play. So, I mean, some of that stuff, and you go the other one, you know, the other big play that was, I guess, maybe in the third, well, it might have been in the fourth quarter, I don't know, the uh, where the, the, the Penn State tight end lined up as a left tackle. I give a lot of credit to Penn State for that. They went tempo after a play to that, like, and, and, and that's, hard, that's hard to see anyway when the tight end lines up as a, it's an unbalanced line. And so you have to really immediately pick out, wait a minute, the, the guy over here, that's the tight end, not the tackle. But to do that on tempo, like hurry up right after a big play, that's tough. That's tough for Auburn um, if they haven't seen that. That was tough for them, and they got burned. You know, but, uh, but, the, but, the, but the tight end stuff across the middle was just busted coverages. So I'm hopeful that that's things that can be fixed fairly easily. Um, I'm hopeful. But I think overall, Auburn's got to be a little more aggressive. I mean, the, the pressure is um, the pressure is the bigger issue. I'm not I'm not as concerned. Look, Smoke Monday's got liabilities as a pass covering safety. We know that. Um, but the pressure is more concerning. Um, you, you you I mean, it, I don't care who you have back there. If you're not pressuring the quarterback, they're you're going to give up yards. I don't care if you have a, a bunch of ball hawks. So Auburn's got to figure that out. You've got Derek Hall. You've got TD Moultrie. You've got Romello High, like you've got guys with speed. Those guys have got to come off the edge and and, and with with like and burn. You know, if you're Derek Hall, I mean, some of those guys I saw at times rush and they were rushing the tackle like bull rushing and like, and maybe that was the plan was to keep him in a pocket. But man, there needs to be a little bit more aggressiveness coming around the edge and force force the issue, force him up, force him back out, and then make plays. There was a little bit too much of trying to build a wall and just letting him have all day, um, and so that's not going to work moving forward. So the pass defense is something that Hartson addressed and something he wants to see, um, something he definitely wants to see um, fixed. The other glaring thing for me was the wide receiver position. It has been all year. Um, it has been all year, and I've said it. I, look, I, I think Demetrius Robertson's got ability. He's got speed. But I'm not sure an all-around wideout. I don't know where he's at. And, and past him, nobody else had proven themselves to be able to get separation and to be a playmaker. Um, Javaris Johnson is hurt. He only, you know, he caught one ball against Penn State. I'm thinking they were they were sparingly playing him to try to, you know, maybe he was still a little banged up. Um, but that is a big problem. And Harson is, if if you've listened to enough of Harson, I'm telling you, he's not happy with the receivers. Um, the way he talks about it. Look, Kobe Hudson had a good game, made a great pl- great play on that uh, back shoulder throw or the first half. Um, but I'm telling you, Harson's not happy with the wide receivers. And so he was asked about Bo Nix. And, he, you know, in, in credit Harson, he actually, he, he, to me, he very much defended Bo Nix on Monday. Um, Bo Nix finished 21 of 37 for 189 yards, 30 yards rushing, wasn't sacked. Um, Bo had some bad throws, no question. Two passes to Demetrius Robertson, both down the sidelines. Um, the, the second one, the one that, that it flew out of bounds, was a poorly thrown ball. The first one, Austin Troxel got completely run by, and, and Nick's had to launch it. He's about to get sacked. So he, 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 didn't, have, he didn't have the ability to, to maybe throw a dart to Robertson like he would have. He just had to get rid of it. Um, so Bo could have made a, a few better decisions, but overall Bo threw the ball pretty well. Um, he had at least three drops that I remember that probably take his yardage from 189 yards to 230 or 240. 
in those three drops. I mean, he easily could be, at the very minimum, he should have been 24, 25 of 37 for 220. Um, and it's a di- and that's a much different stat line. Um, and so I, I think overall, I think anybody who's watched Bo Nix could see that he played better than he has in the past on the road. And I think a lot of that is scheme. A lot of it's Bo being third year, but the scheme helps him. Um, he, he wasn't helped the past two years. It was a terrible scheme. for. It ended up turning out to be a terrible scheme for somebody like Bo. Um, it, just, it just did not. It didn't work. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But Harson, here's what Harson had to say. He said he thought that uh, the team, well, he thought Bo Nix mainly handled the environment well. He thought he, he thought Bo had poise um, and and handled the play. He said he said getting plays in, making sure we had the right play call. He checked a few plays and did a nice job of seeing things. There were some really good positives that came out of that environment. You want to see your quarterback handle the noise in the environment, and he did that throughout the game. Here's what he said in in between that the, that commentary about Nix. He said, but I've said before, the guys around him need to be consistent. We need people to line up properly and to have guys that are detailed when they're out there. The details are extremely important to the success. And then here's what, and then listen to this. He said, the quarterback's job is not to go out there and have to manage every single guy on the field. He has to do his job just like everybody else. That's what he needs to stay focused on. And I was listening to Harson, and that kind of that sort of got by me in the press conference. And then when I was reading the you know the transcript, and um, that that stood out like crazy because he said the same thing before. He said probably a month ago or more during fall camp, he said that about the wide receivers. He said he he wants more consistency. He wants these guys to be wideouts on the like in how they run routes, knowing where to line up. Everything be a be a wide receiver. Don't be an athlete that's running out there trying to catch a ball. Be a wideout. It's the same thing as like being a running back, knowing when to cut, and, and all those little things. Don't just be a guy that can carry the ball and maybe fast. You got to be more than that. I mean, it's really he's really kind of talking about upping the IQ and, and getting open. Um, but although that was a very telling quote from from Brian Harson, and I thought it was in defense of Nick's a little bit. And he's, I mean, to me, he's calling out the wide receivers. I mean, that's what he's doing to me. Probably a little bit the O line because they let they you know, the tackles did not have a great game. They they let some guys get you know run by them, but I think more specifically, I think he's calling out the wide receivers. And Brian Harson, being a former quarterback, he's going to be hard on the wideouts. He's going to be hard on the quarterbacks, but he's also going to be equally hard on the wideouts because as a quarterback, he knows you've got these guys have got to make plays. He wants you know I mean that quarterback sometimes is going I need dudes who can make plays for me, and so. Um, I think that's what Harson is 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 doing when he's talking about inconsistency and needing pe- needing people to step up. I mean, look, Demetrius Robertson had had two opportunities down the sideline and they didn't connect. It reminded me of of, of Bo Nix in the past. He still doesn't throw a great a great deep ball. It's it's uh, it's a very hit or miss. They've got to connect on that. Harson talked about that on Monday. He said we our explosive plays. We've got to have more. Um, and so I think there's potential there. But, I mean, you look at Shedrick Jackson, who was supposed to be Mr. Reliable. He had a couple catches, six yards. Two catches, I think he was targeted eight times. Um, Robertson had like 23 yards receiving. So Robertson and Shedrick Jackson had, didn't even have 30 yards combined. Um, Malcolm Johnson, one catch, last drive. Um, Xavier Capers, no catches. Elijah Canyon, no catches, no targets. Javaris Johnson, one catch. Banged up, so let's get him back healthy. He's an important player. They need to get back healthy. I mean, he really is. Um, Kobe Hudson was the star. He had two big plays. One in the first half was a huge play in the game. Helped set up a touchdown. It was one of the bigger plays Auburn had in the game. Great catch. Great catch and run. Had another one later on. Yes, he had the fumble. Um, but but to me, that doesn't overshadow what, what he did because I like I liked. Kobe Hudson looked good, looked comfortable. I and mean, when you make a back shoulder catch the way he did, it was very smooth. And then you come down and you run. Like, that was a smooth play. 
So I don't know what Kobe Hudson's doing in practice or, or how, he, how he can get in there and get more catches uh, or get more targets, but he dang sure deserved it after Saturday night. If you're looking for wideouts, he, he should get his shot. Um, but, but they've got to figure some things out. You know, do, do you get capers in there in Canyon? Those guys, those are big receivers. You know, if you've got somebody like Bo, if separation's an issue or accuracy's an issue, give me some big wideouts that, that can make up for that. So they're going to have to figure some things out and get guys, whether it's whether it's schemes or whether it's just getting different players in there to get open. Um, they got to figure some things out to get more passes down the field um, against uh, against defenses moving forward. But, um, I, you know, I thought maybe this would be a receiver group that would be good by committee. And, and that can still work, but they all have to be good. And I didn't see, I mean, I didn't see that in Penn State they weren't. You didn't have that. You didn't have a bunch of consistent dudes who kind of didn't matter, and you didn't have that. Um, you had you just so a lot of work there to be done. I think Brian Harson was calling them out a little bit. He needs more from those guys. You got to figure something out at wide out um, and and help Bo Nix um, with with some of these with some of these plays. Like I said, those drops were huge. I mean, they were all big plays. I mean, Shedrick Jackson on the sideline. Uh, Demetrius Robertson, yes, he had to go up, and he and, he, and he, it was a hard hit, but it hit him right in the right in the chest. You just got to catch it, and you got to come down with it. And then Jackson had another drop in there as well, so uh, and a fumble that got called. It wasn't a fumble; I mean, his knee was down, but he but he let go of the ball, which is not great either. So they got to figure out the uh, got to figure out the wideout issue. Um, somebody somebody asked about uh, tempo for Penn State. Um and, and and whether Derek Mason should move to the sideline, Harson kind of laughed that a lot, laughed that off. He's like, that has nothing to do with it. He's like, we got headsets, it's all in real time. So if anybody's wondering about Mason and should he be on the sideline to communicate, Brian Harson doesn't think that's that's an issue at all. Um, and so I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't worry too much uh, about that. Um, he talked a little bit more about the fourth and goal attempt. I mean, look, they called a play. There's supposed to be options there. Bo Nix actually talked about it on the radio on Monday on the next round and said um, he he looked at it pre-snap. It was man-to-man, and so he went with the fade. So I guess he's coached to do that. It's just such a low percentage play. I don't even really want to talk about it anymore because the play calls one thing, the decision, though. I mean, if the, play's, if the play is called and Bo Nix decides, okay, I'm not sure where I want to go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this thing out, then like we don't even know it's a fade. Like so, it, it wasn't necessarily a fade. They didn't call a fade. There was multiple routes being run, and Nick's could have scrambled if he wanted to. Um, so they didn't call a fade. That was just one of about five options. Um, it was just that's the decision that that Bo Nick said that's the decision he made. I mean, because he talked about it like it being man to man across the board, and so that's what they went with. Um, and, and that's on the field in terms of on the field, because Brian Harson is describing it as there's a bunch of options. So it sounds very much like Bo read the defense and thought, I've got man-to-man, so if it's man-to-man, I'm going to go to the co- – you know, hopefully those guys get mixed up and I, hit, I can hit Kobe Hudson in the corner. Kobe Hudson never gets off press coverage, doesn't get off that guy, and then kind of tries to fall and draw a flag, and it doesn't work. So that's kind of the gist of what Brian Harson talked about on uh, – on Monday, um, but I like his approach. I like where he's got the team at, you know, from a mentality standpoint. Um, Auburn will play LSU in a couple of weeks um, at night. That was announced, a night game, 8 o'clock in Death Valley. So in the span of three weeks, Auburn will play at Penn State in a whiteout and at night in Death Valley. That's your first two big games this season. Congratulations, Brian Harson. Welcome to big-time college football. Um, so if you want to read the rest, go to AuburnLive.com. Um, we've got a bunch of football stuff up. Um, what we learned from the game, some analysis pieces, things like that. Um, but yeah, I like I like where um, I like where Brian Harson is at in terms of his approach and where he's got these team, where where he's got these guys um, from a mental standpoint. Um, let's dive into some questions here at the end. Um, give me one second. Let's pull up some questions and we'll go. We'll just kind of pick them at random and uh, and see what we got. We'll just sort of. Scroll through here. Where's Papo? We talked about that. Harson really, it really sounded like he's fine. I mean, he didn't sound too concerned. Um, that's from Sid from uh, on the on the corner. Didn't sound too concerned. May not play against Georgia State, but that might just be a precautionary thing. Um, and so, I mean, if he doesn't play and McLean misses the first half, then you you know you're going to see a lot of Wesley Steiner and and um, and, and 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 some other and some other players. So. 
Uh, let's see, Darth AU90. Do you think that some wide receivers get more playing time to see what they see they, they can get in a game? I would think so, but I mean, here's the here's the one thing about this situation is Brian Harson is such a stickler on practice and consistency that if you don't do it in practice, it, you're no, they won't get in a game. I mean, we'd all like to say, hey, you know, look, I, I think Xavier Capers is a talented kid and deserves some targets, and Elijah Canyon too. Those are big targets. But if they're not doing it in practice, if they are being inconsistent in the film room or anything, they're not gonna they're not gonna get it. They're not gonna get that opportunity. So you've got a staff, Harson in particular, that's very gonna be very hard on that stuff. He's gonna be very strict on that stuff. He's not just gonna let you go out there and get your targets um, because maybe you're more talented, but you're not doing the work in practice. Like it's not gonna happen. So yeah, I hope that they get opportunities because Canyon and Capers are two guys that you you look at. And, and they're tall, rangy, big guys, um, and they would really help Bo Nix. I, mean, I like Shedrick Jackson, but Shedrick Jackson's a possession guy. He's not going over the top. You know, he's none of that. To me, he's a possession guy. You know, he, he's, he's you know, Javaris Johnson, possession guy. Use him as some speed and some open space. He's like Dotson. Um, Robertson is a speed guy. I don't know how, how you know, how um, refined Demetrius Robertson is as a receiver route running, understanding spacing and different concepts, I, I don't know. And it's clear that I think, look, he's going to be going deep or they're going to use him on short stuff to get him to get the ball in his hands and see if he can get some room. That's how they're going to use him. So there's a there's a, there's a room there's room there for Canyon and Capers to get in the mix. We'll just see if they do it. And maybe Kobe Hudson's the first chance. Maybe he, maybe he proved himself and maybe he's the guy that really needs to step up. Um, power of Dixieland, how can we be so bad on defense, passing defense, and expect for it to change in two weeks? I, yeah, we talked about it. I don't I don't know, man. That's a tough one. That's going to have to be a schematic change. I mean, um, you're not going to just insert somebody else differently in there. I mean, they tried to rush four and play zone, and it didn't work. They played a lot of man. They didn't play, you know, they, they did play a good bit of man. They just played more zone. Uh, but they're going to have to pressure. They're going to have to pressure. I mean, Tony Fair's great against the run. He's not going to do it against the pass. Marcus Harris isn't bad, but they've just, they're going to have to be more aggressive. And like I said, maybe that's Derek Hall and Romello Height and TD Moultrie. Maybe these guys need to play on the edge more and just come off the edge burning. And if that means they overrun the quarterback and they force the quarterback to step up, so be it. But those guys may be trying to play the kind of set up the wall where they're going straight at the quarterback and keeping an eye on him, making sure he doesn't scramble. You know, I think part of that's Clifford can run, but but those guys got to use their speed against the tackles and try to beat them around the edge, and then and then kind of create a little bit of havoc to me. Um, but I don't know. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to have to be a little bit of a schematic adjustment for Derek Mason to blitz a little bit more, um, bring an extra bring an extra guy, and they they blitzed against Penn State too. It's not like they didn't do some of this, but uh, maybe that means press man a little bit more. I don't know. They're just going to have to do some things to put pressure on the quarterback. And uh, and speed that up a little bit. I have to figure that out. Pat Pat, nineteen ninety nine. Do you think Do you think not having Demetrius Robertson in spring camp and summer is the main reason him and Bo are not on the same page? Um, I mean, it's possible. Yes, he basically showed up two days into fall camp. Um, but you know, the 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 connection issue. The the two times that Robertson went down the sideline, it wasn't really about them not being on the same page. They were just. It, they were it was a it was their bad throws. They were bad throws. The first time Bo had to hurry the throw, you know if if he if Bo has time he's throwing a dart to Demetrius Robertson. That safety was more towards the middle of the field. He throws a dart towards that front pylon. Um, if if he has if he has the right time, the second one he, he was just a bad throw. Robertson blew by his guy. It was a bad throw. So you know maybe maybe it you know but but overall it could be a timing thing. I mean it could be he's not used to throwing those deep balls to him yet. It could be a timing thing. They could connect. I just I don't know. I've seen over the past few years Bo Nix trying to connect with whoever it is Seth Williams Schwartz. It is a very dicey proposition when you're talking about Bo Nix going deep. Uh, I mean it is um, you know I, I liked I liked the connection between Jarrett Stidham and Darius Slayton. Bo Nix has not had a good connection on deep throws. And accuracy on those deep deep throws consistently. Um, Dels Wildcats, who hurt and helped themselves the most in the last game? Um, I, I like to normally write about that. By the way, I normally like to have kind of a five players who who helped their calls. So we'll, we'll, I'll sort of think about that more and 
and answer that. Uh, side question, does smoke being somewhat of a liability in coverage hurt us? Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he is. And it was funny is you look at Smoke Monday, and he, I mean, he's got he's got some interceptions on his on his resume. He's got a pick six against Tennessee. He's got a pick six, pick six in, against Alabama. And so he's got this reputation as being one of the better safe, safeties in the conference. And he is a good safety, especially against the run. But against the pass, he's he's a question mark. And anybody who watches a lot of Auburn football sees that. Um, they're going to have to figure something else out. And that other position, look, we thought Badarius Knighton was going to be really good. And now that looks like in the past few weeks – Zion Puckett's moved ahead of him. Uh, and so I, I don't know where Zion Puckett came into the action yesterday. I don't know how he played, but it's not like the other position is, is a, um, I don't know. I don't know. All of a sudden I think we're, we're thinking about the secondary a little bit differently outside of Pritchett and McCreary. They're good. They're good corners. They need Simpson back, but everybody else you're kind of looking at and going, okay, Knighton, did we talk him up too much? You know, and things like that. Um, question about Canyon and Capers. We talked about them. Question about pass defense. Look, we talked about that. Uh, what? See, award, WDE one eighty. What are the chances of getting a YouTube version of the podcast? Probably will at some point. Uh, we've got, I've got the I've got the setup to do a show. If you're watching the TD Moultrie deal, we're doing that via video. Um, but we probably will. Some of our guests, you know, just we, we need to make sure that our guests are in position to to be on video as well. So it's kind of getting lined up with them. Whereas if they're not, if they're not where they can be videoed, then it doesn't really make sense for me to be on video. So, but yes, I think there are, we're going to start doing more of that where we have a guest on, like Barrett Salee and some others, where we can do a video version. One thing about YouTube is we want we you know we want. We want to be able to post on the site, and we can do a YouTube version. Uh, we might still still post it on Apple, Google, Spotify, and then maybe maybe toss a video version on YouTube to watch. So I, I would say at some point we'll do that. Question about Mason uh, adjusting the D. Yeah, he's got to adjust some things. He's got to fix something. Uh, why see PH Perry? Why are we not rotating in more receivers? I, I agree, Canyon and Capers. Um, we'll, we'll, we're about to find out. I mean, you got Georgia State. If you don't see Canyon and Capers getting more playing time or getting some targets against Georgia State, then then it's then there's an issue. Then there's something we're missing during the week. Um, let's see. Where was Pagee Saturday? That's a good question. I noticed that. I noticed that towards the end of the game that I hadn't seen him. Um, I saw him on the sideline, but I'd have to go back and watch. I even watched the game again. I'd have to go back and watch a third time to see did he actually like did he make any contribution? Did he play? I, I don't even know. I, so he was there. Um, I just think you know he's still so so raw and learning that I'm thinking in a game like that, um, they just I guess didn't trust him quite yet. But he's a guy when you're sitting here talking about pass rush, he's a guy that you, they got to get in there somehow because he's athletic enough that. I mean, Pagese could shock you. He could go out there and, and, and make a bad play. And not, But J.J. Pagese is athletic enough that he could go out there at the tackle position and get off the ball and do a swim move that would probably shock a guard. Somebody would think this is the backup defensive tackle, and Pagese would make a move that would probably really surprise an offensive guard, and Pagese could potentially get back there and put pressure. Um, but I guess they just don't quite trust him enough to know the concepts. Um, AU302... Uh, if Bo cannot fix the deep ball and stretch the field more like Harson wants to do, do you think they at least consider giving Finley a few snaps? Um, no. I mean, if, if the only issue is that Bo just can't connect on some of the deep passes, no. I mean, they're just going to keep working on it. Um, Harson wants, first and foremost, he wants a guy in there that's going to manage the game, keep his head on straight, and make good decisions. And Bo pretty much did that. You know, he had the grounding call that was questionable that, that wasn't called grounding, and he had the, the pick six that was dropped where he just stared it down and threw it. Other than that, he didn't play poor. had some good scrambles. Um, he, he played he played fine. He played well enough to win. Honestly, he did. He played good enough to win. Auburn didn't lose that game because of Bo Nix. So, no, it would have to be more than just that. You know, Bo would have to go out there and have games like South Carolina last year. That's the kind of stuff that, that Brian Harson's not going to put up with. Um, let's see. AU HUD 08 defense was the main, was the zone defense an assignment issue? Why aren't we contesting passes? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a soft issue. I mean, you got a group back there that's used to playing man and now they switch over and play zone. And I wonder, um, you know, if they just need to kind of refine that a little bit playing zone. It's kind of like in basketball too. Look, just cause you're playing zone doesn't mean that you're not playing like less aggressively. I mean, think about Syracuse's zone. 
You know, you're thinking, oh, they're playing zone. That that defense on Syracuse basketball. Well, they do it. They 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 get after you. They trap and they're like it's an aggressive way. But so I think just because you're playing zone, I think maybe there's a mentality of, well, it's zone, so we can be softer and I don't know. They just got to get. They just got to sort of find ways to be aggressive and and still play in that zone and latch on to guys a little bit tighter. Um, and so it. You know, it, it it could be a little bit of those guys are just so used to man, but but pressure they gotta get pressure too. I mean, they go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. Get pressure and 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 um and and the next thing I mean, pressure is what forces the quarterback to scramble. And you go back and look at the film, and you're like, dang, there's two receivers running open, but because they got pressure, our dude had to run and, and bail. That's the stuff that you need to happen because you're not going to cover everybody every time. But when you have zero pressure, yeah, not good. Um, Moultrie, um, Moultrie kind of had a quiet game. Kind of had a quiet game. He's a guy that – him and Derek Hall both. Those two guys are, should be terrors, and they were not. Um, offensively, will Auburn run more two-back sets? Um, probably. I like some of the sets they did with Jarquez and Tank. Um, look, they ran the ball well, especially at eye formation. Um, they ran the ball really well. They had some nice things going on. Um, in, in that in that run game, um, you know, Jarquez averages seven yards a carry and tanks over four. So, I think getting Shivers back would be nice too. Look, I've 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 just for the record, I've called Jarquez Hunter. I said I said it before fall camp that, that you need to watch out for that guy. And I said on like our first modcast, and you know, Jeffrey Lee loves Shivers, and I think Sean Shivers has a role. But I've said from the get go that Jarquez Hunter should be your number two back. And if Shiver's taking carries away from Jarquez Hunter, you got a problem. So, like, I've called Jarquez Hunter need to be number two. But Shiver's, Shiver's has a role. He needs to get back in there because, he, you know, we're talking about these big plays that Auburn's lacking. Well, Shiver's has got that potential. Maybe it's a swing pass um, or, you know, whatever it is. It's a draw. Like, there are ways to get him the ball potentially that you could get you 10 or 15 if he's got some room. Um, and he's a little spark plug. You always like to have guys like that. Um, let's see, what else are we talking about? Uh, swinging Obby, do you think we will see Hunter and Tank in the same backfield more? Probably, I mean, because you're right, it does give the defense a lot to worry about. They both can catch the ball out of the backfield. Think about how they, think about how Al Bohr just used Carnell and Ronnie in 2004 a little bit, where they were both in the backfield, and um, and you had some plays designed where you play, you know, you fake to Carnell and then swung it out to Ronnie and some different stuff, and so... Um, yeah, I would think so. It does give you could do some misdirection stuff where if both those guys are back there, who's getting the ball? Um, so yes, I think I think getting them on the field more um, wouldn't be a wouldn't be a bad thing at, at all. Um, let's see. In your Madden God, let's see. In your opinion, will the administration be patient with Harson while he does what he needs to do to clean up the mess he was left? I'm concerned that with Alan Green likely being out that he won't have any sort of support internally. Yeah, I mean, well, look, I mean, Alan Green hired him, but but you know, Alan Green was not the only person you know that that, that supported Brian Harson. I mean, there were other people that supported him. Um, you know, I mean, they got a new president too, so I don't know. I mean, those those two positions are going to be filled here soon at some point. Whenever Alan Green finds another job. They're not going to fire him, but whenever he finds a job, you know, he'll, he'll he almost he almost went to Michigan State. So um, it's a good question. <clears throat> I think it's not going to really be up to Alan Green. It's going to be up to whoever the new AD is, um, and you know Harson and how he hits it off with the community and the boosters and the and the and the powers that be and the people that matter. Gus Gus didn't do a good job of that. Um, I, I think Brian Harson's off to a good foot though. I mean, I, I think I think the people that matter if you watch Brian Harson. Um, and, and you listen to him and his approach to building the program, I think the people that matter like him and like his approach. There's been some few Pat Dye references by some people around the program. I think, I think he's fine so far in his approach. He's just got to put some re- results out there and then have an AD that likes him. Um, but I hope so. Brian Harson's got a great – Brian Harson needs the time because his approach uh, I think is right, and his approach will build a winner. Uh, how quickly in the SEC? I, I don't know. I mean, they're a good team this year. SEC is just super competitive. Let's see how he recruits. But his mentality and how he approaches it is is where you start. His foundation's good. I, I don't have any doubt about that. I don't have any doubt about his about how he's going to build things from a foundational standpoint. Um, Army Jag, with our success on the ground, why do you think we got away from the play action on Saturday? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think 
it seemed like, especially in the first half, it seemed like Mike Bobo was doing a lot to try to figure things out. You know, he was. I think he knew they could, they were having some success running, but he also knew they're going to have to continue to throw in order to be able to run in the second half. So you can't just run. Like you had to throw, even if it looked, even if it wasn't necessarily being successful. You had to have the threat. You always have to have the threat. And so that's why at times it was frustrating because Auburn would run, have some good runs, and then they turn around and try to throw. And it, you, but if you just sat there and run, at some point they're going to stack the box and you're going to have to throw at some point. Um, I, I think. Um, I think they got to figure out a way to be more efficient on first down. That was a big problem. They were not efficient on first down at all. Penn State was extremely efficient on first down. Um, and so that hurt too. If Auburn could have been more efficient on first down, they could have run the ball more. They were so inefficient on first downs that it made running inconsistent because then, okay, now it's second 11. Well, now what? Now do we, now do we run it? You know. And so um, it just you know, it became a little bit, uh, a little bit dicey. Man, appreciate all the questions. Um, <clears throat> appreciate all the questions that uh, you dropped in. Hey, make sure and, uh, and join us. I'm going to have on for the Wednesday Auburn Live show, I'm going to try to get uh, Deshaun Davis on. Um, that's my dude. And so uh, try to get him on to talk about the game and see what he thought. Um, and so and I might try to get Sammy on as well, see if I can maybe get both of them to chat. But uh, definitely going to try to get Deshaun Davis on, so be on the lookout for, for Wednesday there. Um, and then uh, figure out who we want for the Thursday. If, if, by the way, if anybody ever wants a guest or a player or somebody, um, just, just hit me up on Twitter. Um, I'm all down for getting, for getting guests involved. And then we normally have Barrett Salee on Fridays. We do a modcast on Saturdays and, and so forth. So appreciate everybody joining us, man. It's kind of a rundown of how Monday went as Auburn prepares for Georgia State. They're a 27-point favorite over Georgia State, who's not a bad football team. They're better than Alabama State and Akron. Like, so, you know, it'll be um, – I think it'll be – the kind of competition Auburn needs in between Penn State and LSU. I think it's I think it's a good I think it's a good matchup for Auburn um, in this little in between time. So appreciate everybody joining us. Go to auburnlive.com to get all your Auburn football uh, and basketball news, team news, recruiting news, Jeffrey Lee, Cole Pinkston, um, and everybody that's joined our site. It's just been amazing the first month. So we really appreciate that. Um, and uh, so be on the lookout for uh, the Auburn Live Show um, as we continue to roll on. And we'll be here all week. Again, auburnlive.com. Subscribe, $10 right now. Until next time, we'll see you. Bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.